Anderson. I'm going to repeat that. 37 and a quarter. Curry for the lead. Hey, everyone. Welcome to an all-new Dubs Talk presented by Wendy's Breakfast. Now with a free drink with any breakfast sandwich purchase. All you need to do, buy a sandwich, a breakfast sandwich, and get a free drink. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple if you ask me. Grant Liffman here, and you recognize these faces by now. We got Josh Schrock. We got Dalton Johnson. Do you guys even need introductions any, at this point? Never did. Nope. Uh, nah. Uh, nah. Uh, nah. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know them, you haven't been paying attention. So um, <laughs> let's talk trade deadline. Now, in years past, maybe the Warriors might have been more active, especially the last couple of years, because they just haven't been very good. Now, that doesn't mean that they made big trades, but, you know, a couple of years ago, they traded D'Angelo Russell. Nothing good came out of that. Um, obviously, oh, wait, no, they got an all-star <coughs> starter in Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, so, but I doubt something big like that will happen, but we never know. So. Let's run through a series of questions here. I'm going to put you guys to the test. Then I will decide if I like your answers or not. Meaning, it, what, I don't know. You guys probably know better than me. Here we go. Let's make one bold NBA trade deadline prediction. Doesn't need to be about the Warriors. Let's talk about any team in the league. Let's one bold one. Who am I going to put on the spot first? Let's go with Josh. You're up. Give me, uh, give me the defending champions. I think the Bucks have enough on their roster to have one big bullet. And I think if they don't think they can get Brooke Lopez back healthy enough, they can package him with Dante DiVincenzo and get a guy like Eric Gordon who can give them a lot of shot creation. And yeah, I mean, the Rockets are always looking to get off that contract. And even if they want to keep Lopez, they can package a guy like DiVincenzo and George Hill and get like a Robert Covington who can kind of help them on the perimeter and fill that PJ Tucker role. So I think that I look for the Bucks to make a make a big ish splash as big as we're going to see at the deadline. I like that. That's interesting. Okay, so the Bucks, you know, they already some say are the best team, you know, to challenge if a healthy Nets team or a Sixers team, uh, depending on what they do. So I, I that's that's interesting. So you think in, in your mind they go they wouldn't trade for a center because they just want to they roll like Giannis down there go the other way, yeah. You just run small. I guess you don't yep. really need to, unless they run I mean, into an Embiid. Yeah. Um, but that would be the, that'd be the only issue. Yeah, Dalton, what do you think? I think uh, Ben Simmons on the move. You know, I, I just think that this team obviously has fumbled the situation so bad. Obviously, I mean, not just the team, but Ben Simmons, his representations. Obviously, this is a complicated situation, but. I know that there's talks about waiting to the end of the season, maybe him not even playing at all this season and trying to get a James Harden, a Bradley Beal, et cetera. I just don't think that you can waste such a great Joel Embiid season like they are right now. I mean, get him some more help. I think Tyrese Maxey's a great player. I, you know, I, obviously we, we know that Seth Curry has, you know, created his own lane there and everything. And this is a team that is a real championship contender with, a legitimate MVP candidate. I just don't, you know, you never know what Daryl Morey is going to do. That's why I had to stop myself real quick right there. But again, I just don't think that they waste Joel Embiid's talent like this and a great season like this much longer. And you know that you have to appease the superstars. And at some point, they got to make sure that Embiid is a happy camper there and go get him some right now. And obviously, Ben Simmons is, is the ticket to do that. 
it's funny. I, I actually, I was, my bold prediction is also uh, about Ben Simmons. Now for a second there, I was going to be like, my bold prediction is he doesn't get moved this year. I was going to be like, maybe they just hold on to him and wait for the guys you were just saying. So then I started thinking the Sixers, as you're saying, you know, not that they owe it to Joel Embiid, but they actually have a legit shot of contending, especially if you never know what's going to happen with the Nets. And honestly, they match up okay with the Bucks if they make the right moves. So then I was thinking, who could be the piece? Who, who's the team that makes the most sense right now? And to me, it's the Portland Trailblazers. Because like a name that Josh mentioned, Robert Covington, who used to play for the Sixers, you can actually make some trades with McCollum, Covington. You can get seriously good pieces with Portland potentially sending picks as well over to the uh, Sixers and then Ben Simmons and they need to reload anyway in Portland and Ben would probably like being in Portland as well. So I, I think that one makes the most sense to me right now. Sure. Maybe Maury thinks he can get something better than McCollum and, and some role players, but at the end of the day, you have to start looking at opportunity cost. And if you're costing a season in which you really actually can contend I think you have to send him out. And I, I do think just another scorer like McCollum, who actually plays pretty good defense when he's locked in, uh, you put him out there with Covington, and I, there's many different ways you can go with this, right? Um, yeah, Josh, what do you think? I just don't – I don't see Ben Simmons getting moved. I think Daryl Morey's – they're just – they're both sides are dug in, and if they're supposedly turning down Halliburton, Barnes, Heald, and Picks – what, I mean, what are you going to get? They obviously just want James Harden and we're just going to play this game of chicken until the world melts. Uh, so Ben Simmons wants to throw a year of his contract away. Go. So be it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's and also, I also think Joel Embiid is like, he seems like the kind of who's okay for one year, just being like, let me cook. Let me show you how really good I am. Maybe win an MVP. And if we lose in the conference finals, it's really not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's possible. I just, I don't know. I'm looking at Daryl Morey as somebody who's, who hasn't gotten that championship yet. And I, you know, obviously he's patient and he's a very smart man and calculated man, but at the same time, I don't know. I just, I want to see a Sixers team with like some better, just even add up a little more pieces. It would be a lot of fun. It's hard going in with Tyrese Maxey so young and like, you know, just dependent on him. I love Maxey. Don't get me wrong, but I think, I think McCollum and some pieces. I was trying to think of another team necessarily. Um, the Kings apparently are out, which there's no, there, that's never a thing. Like no team is just like, oh, I'm done with you. Like, yeah. like it, people will revisit. Um, the Warriors are just not an option at this point. Uh, Dalton, can you think of another team that kind of like crosses your mind for them? It's been hard. And I actually think that Portland is a really good situation, probably for both sides too, you know, and, and again, I know that Daryl Moore is probably waiting for the biggest fish. If we're going to talk about the uh, the Trailblazers, and obviously that's Damian Lillard, but but at some point, uh, again, it wouldn't surprise me if if he really does waste a full season of uh, you know of his career and he stays in Philadelphia. No, nothing right now with this situation would really surprise me. But we talk about how smart Daryl Moore is and all this. At some point, though, your smarts better turn into results. I mean, you look at the Houston Rockets, you know, you, you can do the what-if game and the spreadsheet game and the injury game and all this, but he was brought to Philadelphia to win a championship, and whether it's with Ben Simmons or without Ben Simmons, 
he needs to get it done. I mean, Joel Embiid, uh, you know, I, I know he likes to cook, but he's also the guy that was crying after the conference championship game when they, when they lost on that game winner to Kawhi Leonard. You know, I mean, he's got to be able to want to win at the same time, and it can only take this for so long, you know. So, again, I think that this is the league of making the superstars happy, and at some point there's got to be a move, you know. And it really might not be right now, but, you know, if, if you're going to go out there – and see how small a championship window really can be, you better take advantage of it with a superstar like Joel Embiid. And it's interesting you say that because we're talking about championship windows and, and the cost of waiting and all that. And that kind of relates to the Warriors too, right? And there's a lot of people that are looking at the pieces they have and saying the window, championship window with Steph and everybody is right now. Do you wait for James Wiseman? Do you wait for this guy? Do you wait, you know, Kaminga, blah, blah, blah. Or do you ship him out and get people that can help you win now, et cetera? So let's move into the Warriors now. And of course, everything we just talked about does relate to the Warriors in some way, because being the, as the Warriors are serious contenders, you have to look at the major powers in the East and start wondering about them. But will the Warriors make a move? Now let's start with Dalton on this one. Do you think, let's predict here, will the Warriors make a move before the trade deadline? I don't think so. I mean, if there's anything, I, I could see it being something really small. Um, I would look more towards the buyout market, but I just don't see them going out and making a big swing by, uh, by any means. You know, if you look in the off season, sure, you can talk about Andrew Wiggins and young players or anything, but look, you can't move Andrew Wiggins right now. You know, they, they've made it pretty clear that they don't expect to move the young guys, and that includes James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, et cetera. Obviously, the Wiseman situation is a little more tricky with, with the injuries, but we've seen Jonathan Kaminga turn into a guy that I think is going to have some real minutes down the stretch and can earn playoff minutes. You know, it's a, it's a development process right now, and slowly but surely, we're starting to see the same thing with Moses Moody. You know, the more confident he gets, the, more, the, the better, obviously, for the Warriors, and he's a guy that can – you know, give a little bit of instant offense, you know, and, you know, he, he's shown that defensive versatility also in short stint. So you're looking at um, a really, really change in developments and chasing wins at the same time compared to last year. And I mean, it has been a 180 in the right way possible uh, with, with every situation, I think, that from the Warriors uh, this season, whether it be the coaching changes, whether it just be Steve Kerr's philosophy, so on and so forth. And that's just kind of why I just don't see them going out and making a big move. And I don't think that there's a big move that makes sense for them right now. Josh, what do you think? No, I think Dalton's completely, completely right. I think it'd be easy. It'd be one thing to say, oh, you know, trade the young guys if Kuminga had been horrible for the first five months and Moody hadn't shown anything. They're not going to trade Wiseman because his rookie year was such a waste that be selling at, I mean, as low as it could be. So they're not going to package those guys for a guy like Miles Turner. And I think, I mean, just given the flashes they've seen from the young guys, that just tells them that the plan to contend and develop long-term is at the moment working. They're the second best team in the Western conference. There's no reason to panic and mortgage the future for what Miles Turner, who's, who's a nice player, but I mean, Jonathan Kaminga has all-star ceiling. Moody's a really promising prospect and James Wiseman when he's healthy, I mean, they think the world of him, so I just don't see anything happening. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and, and all signs are pointing towards this. Um, now, behind the scenes, if they know more, something a little 
darker that's coming in terms of injuries or stuff that, you know, they're delaying letting us know the truth, then maybe there's something we do not know. But most uh, most reports are pretty much accurate. They're, they're not going to make a move if they don't need to. And Dalton, you mentioned the buyout market. Right now they have 15 active, you know, they have 15 guys on the active roster. So they would have to be creative if they're going to have to figure out how to make that work even eventually in the buyout market. A guy they could look for in the future on that regard is like not a buyout, but just somebody who could come back as like Marcus Gasol if he wants to come back from overseas. But more importantly, there just isn't a move to be made uh, it, it, unless you really are packaging James Wiseman. But let's not forget Miles Turner, the person that everyone was talking about, the package everyone was saying was Wiseman and Kevon Looney. And call me crazy, but Kevon Looney is incredibly necessary and needed on this team. So, um, and some of you might be like, well, Miles Turner's an upgrade, but just think about this. Let's, let's like, you know, really like dive into what it takes to acquire somebody. There's 30, as of right now, as we're recording this, there's 30 games left in the year to acquire somebody, especially like a Turner who's injured as well and integrate him and all this stuff. And just, it's, it's just not the thing you do right now. Right. And you don't have to make a big splash. And this team is, rolling right now despite what the what's been going on so yeah i i will they and should they are two different questions right and let's start with should i mean we started with will they and we both we all don't think they're going to now let's talk should they obviously what everyone looks at is at the center position right that's the spot everyone goes well they're very weak there this is my take and, and I'll, I'll go to you guys if they truly believe James Wiseman is going to come back this season and contribute a little bit, then I do not think they need to make a move. Especially, by the way, this is including Draymond Green. If they actually think Draymond Green is going to be fine, whatever, then they do not need to make a move. If they truly do not think James Wiseman is going to come back this season or contribute, and there's some concerns about Draymond Green, they do have to think about it. Now, it's not going to be easy to make a move. It really wouldn't be. But it is something they would have to consider if those injuries are potentially worse than they're anticipating right now. Um, that's my only take. When it comes to a two-way spot, I know a lot of people are like, oh, just get rid of Chioza and just bring in somebody else in the two-way spot. Check out the options when you look at two-way spots. It's a lot more limited than you actually think. And to have somebody who can even come in and contribute at all from a two-way spot that's a big man. Think about the list, and it's a lot smaller than you think because of years of service. What the, it, And also, these guys are usually on a roster if they can contribute right now and you're a big man. So that's uh, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, that's my uh, – I, I guess you can tell me more – you know, you can be more firm and say they need to, but Josh – Right now, do the Warriors should the Warriors make a move, especially in the big man spot? I don't think so. I think I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head. To me, it's if they're confident that Draymond Green and James Wiseman are going to be back, then they're going to be just fine. But if they are worried about one or both of them, then they should just because Kevon Looney, who's been really good and healthy to this point, doesn't have the most clean in health track record in his career. So you're really one injury away from just being like all right, well, I guess Jonathan Kimming is going to play center now for 30 minutes a game. So I, I think they're going to wait. You know, they just wait, to, like Dalton said, maybe find a buyout guy. But if they're confident and they sound like they are, that Draymond's going to be back and healthy and James Wiseman will eventually at least make it back and give him 12 minutes a game, I think they'll be just fine. 
Dalton? Yeah, the injuries obviously are the biggest wild card. You know, anytime with a back injury with someone like Draymond Green too, it's concerning. We we know that, and we and we know that we've heard the word ramp up so many different times with uh, with the James Wiseman. You know, I mean, we're still waiting for that for that date for contact, right? So you don't know. That's obviously the biggest wild card there. But Grant, I kind of go back to all the reasons that you explained too, and that kind of it does, as Josh said, hit the nail on the head when it comes to two way contracts. It's not easy, you know, when it comes to service time with, with those kind of things, it limits your options. You know, this is a pretty full roster uh, in, in my mind. And Steve Kerr's already, you know, having to kind of find ways to mix and match minutes and find find ways to, uh, you know, get get guys in a rhythm and give him gives him minutes and then sit somebody else some minutes, you know. So I really do think that this is a if it's not, you know, if it's not fixed, if it's not broke, don't fix it kind of situation. You know, this this is a team that's gelling together right now with the return of Clay Thompson. You know, they're, they're obviously doing very well, but they're going to get better and better, I believe. I do think that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be interesting seeing him maybe get some more run at the five on the stretch. And, uh, you know, Kavon Looney, yeah, he's. He's had an injury history, obviously, but I think that he's also one of six players to start every single game this season, you know, so it's been an amazing turnaround for him. There's no guarantees when it comes to injuries. We know that. That's obviously always the biggest question mark, always the biggest concern. But right now, stick with what you have. It's working and it's coming together as the season goes on with someone named Clay Thompson. <laughs> Oh yeah, that guy just came back. By the yeah. way, yeah. Remember how every every conversation was when Clay gets back, and now it's just like, oh yeah, just Clay's playing. Whatever. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it, trust me, the rest of the league is not just moving on from the fact that Clay Thompson is back. They are freaking out. Okay. Um, let's think of an NBA team. Let's say the Western Conference, that is in the best position with the trade deadline to make a move potentially, or you know, coming up to then rival and contend and make life a little difficult for the Warriors, a healthy Warriors team when it comes to whether finishing the regular season, getting through the playoffs to the finals, all that. Who wants to go? I, I called on Josh last time. I'm just, uh, and we'll go to Dalton. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Will the Grizzlies make a move? You know, I mean, this is a, uh... We talk about kind of reminiscence of these old Warriors teams, right? Like the kind of up and coming Warriors team with this Grizzlies squad. And that's kind of the question to me is will they break any of that up to go get a big player? Will they look for, you know, kind of a role player? Because this is a very homegrown team that's a smart front office who, who you know, have acquired some strong veterans as well. But really, it's about the young core, the John Moran, Desmond Bain, so on and so forth, obviously, right? So do they just stick with that group and think, hey, we have something right now that's growing, that can win in the future and in the present, and we don't want to mess it up? Or do they go, you know, John Morant's a superstar. You know, I, I know it's early, but let's go get this thing. So that's going to be really interesting, interesting to me. I don't think that they're going to do anything crazy. I'll be interested to see what kind of role player they might go for. But, you know, I love this kind of homegrown squad. This really they, – they have that still that grind and grit of the Grizzlies with even more star power now. So that, that'll be, you know, kind of fun to watch for me as far as do they just trust this group right now or do they really kind of, you know, put it all on the table and say, let's, let's go for this. Josh, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, starting off, I think 
I mean, the Grizzlies are a great one. I think the only, I mean, there's, they've been so patient said so they're just going to, they're just going to, you know, keep building, keep building, but they do need wing scoring. And there's a guy named Jeremy Grant out there who wants shots and the Grizzlies run a very egalitarian balanced offense that can get him to look. So if they want to maybe package a Kyle Anderson and Anthony Melton or Dylan Brooks and a pick or two and get Jeremy Grant, that's something to look at. Um, but another team I'm looking at and it's, you know, rival. I mean, the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA right now and they're probably can refine the edges. And I'm looking at maybe them finding a way to get Thaddeus Young, who's just buried on the bench in San Antonio, gives them another big guy who, I mean, it'll help if they face Giannis again, but also just more depth uh, against the Warriors. They could go Dario Sarch, Jalen Smith, and a pick for Thaddeus Young, call the day. And let's talk Lakers. Let's talk Lakers because they are absolutely in prison with Russell Westbrook. That John Wall thing's not happening. But what I am looking at is, there's a guy named Buddy Heald who is 10 for his last 47 from the field for the Kings and is owed $38 million over the next two years. So he's really just trying to shoot his way out of Sacramento. So if there's a way that the Kings want to blow it up, the Lakers could, I guess, in theory, Taylor Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, bag of balls, maybe that 2027 first round pick, which is all they have. I mean, if the Kings are just looking to get off money, it's an option. But I mean, those are the only ones. And even then, I, I think the Lakers are still in big trouble. Yeah, no, I, I, the Lakers are, are funny because everyone still goes, oh, when it comes into the playoffs, you better watch out for those Lakers if they start rolling. And, and I, I'm just, I'm not there. I, I don't think I'm going to get there. I just, I, a healthy Lakers squad. Now, if they make a move, I, I just don't think THT can get that much back. I, I, I just don't think there's much there, right? Um, it hey, hey college move. teammates with Tyrese Halliburton, you know? You want to you want to make the franchise happy? Sure. Here's your friend. Why not? Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, Let's right. do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can send. But if I'm the Kings, I ask for more, right? I, I, I could. There's nothing. That's all they can offer. There's nothing no, else to offer. I, exactly. So Lakers are just desperate. So it, it's possible, and and they were yeah. the first team I thought of because if you do pack it, Russell Westbrook, I've said three of three years in a row he's the most immovable contract and yet somehow he's moved every single year so i'm not going to say it again but i'll say it's very highly unlikely he's able to be moved again um i think it's immovable now you know what josh again (laughs) i i said that before and somehow it keeps on happening so um thd could be somebody so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a little curveball into this with my teams and we talk about injuries and how about these two teams? The Denver Nuggets could get back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. technically this season. That's as big as acquisitions as you're going to get. Now, I'm not going to say necessarily the Denver Nuggets are therefore the shoe-in favorite to win the Western Conference, but they are really, really good with those guys. So even just Jamal Murray, if MPJ can't come back, that is a big difference, right? And this is a team that could really use that. But my big wild card are the Los Angeles Clippers. If they somehow actually get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back this year, and they are so quiet about the Kawhi Leonard thing, which may, it, it usually means nothing's happening and they're good, but maybe they're, they're hovering and they're winning some games right now. They're a playing game. Uh, I think they're a playing team right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't know. They just, they, they have the ability to mix and match a little bit until those guys can potentially come back. And if those two, could come back. I, I mean, they 
probably as good as anyone if they can actually get rolling. Right. So um, I'm just, these are the, like the wild cards, the injury teams, right. The teams that mm-hmm. could get somebody back, but in terms of trades, I do like what you're saying in terms of Memphis potentially getting a wing score. I think getting Dylan Brooks back would actually just help them a lot in itself. Yeah. Right. Sure. Um, but oof, there's some, there's some, there's some good stuff out there. So having all said all of this, we've now we'll put a little bow tie on that, conversation great and resorting casino is your destination for 24 7 fun experience luxurious rooms award-winning dining world-class spa and salon and the best gaming and entertainment around visit greatonresortcasino.com to book your 24 7 fun you ever get the sudden urge to hop on a plane and head to dubai or london or tokyo now it's easier than ever because alaska airlines has joined one world One World is a global alliance that makes it easy for Alaska Mileage Plan members to earn and redeem miles worldwide. Go global with Alaska Airlines and One World. Learn more at alaskaair.com slash one world. Let's make one bold prediction post-trade deadline, which usually is pretty much leads into all-star break. Let's say all that, Warriors, one bold prediction, the rest of the way from there can be about the roster. It could be about players. It could be awards. It could be anything. Let's go with Josh first. Give me a bold prediction. This is tough, uh, but I'm going to say my bold prediction is the Warriors will go as far as James Wiseman allows them to go. Wow. need 10 to 15 minutes out of him. They need another center. I like Kevon Looney. Draymond's obviously an incredible small ball five. They got to have another body. They're just, if they face Nikola Jokic, I mean, they're, they're just, they're going to need a lob threat, a rim protector. They're going to need bodies. I think if James Wiseman doesn't come back, it's going to be an issue. Interesting. Very interesting. That, that should be terrifying for uh, Warriors fans to hear because A, we don't know about his injury. <laughs> B, that's a lot to ask from a guy who, I just said 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Both oh God, my, is anyone else's hand sweating? All of a uh, Dalton, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with a, uh, an Andrew Wiggins tradition here. I'm going to say that he's going to continue to be the Warriors' best, at least percentage-wise, three-point shooter the rest, continue to, the rest of the season. I mean, he's been their best three-point shooter this season. I know that, obviously, we talked about Steph Curry's slump and, you know, Clay Thompson's coming in his own and everything. But he is Andrew Wiggins is set up perfectly for success when it comes to that three point shot, especially with them back on the court. This is someone who was shooting 34.1% from threes going into the season, and now he's shooting over 40, over 41%. I mean, I, obviously, we've, we've talked so much about Wiggins this year, the season that he's had as an, uh, as an all star starter, and it still feels almost underappreciated at times, right? I mean, this guy obviously has earned the two-way wigs uh, nickname and everything, but he has been absolutely lethal from that left corner. And just to see his confidence and his fluidity in that kind of catch-and-shoot guy for the Warriors, it's been fun to watch, and I think it's only going to continue, especially the better and better that Clay Thompson gets because he's going to be more and more of a threat to defenses. And that's just going to open up Andrew Wiggins even more. So I think it's been obviously – a great Andrew Wiggins season, and I only expect it to continue as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, 
I, I am biting my words from the beginning of this year. I said, it wasn't as much doubting him. I just said, let's hold our horses before saying Andrew Wiggins yeah. is a changed player because we had seen him in his time, even in Minnesota, have these monster months and then be like, and then go back to what he was. But he's proven at this point, like, I'm not going to doubt him anymore. This is just, he's put together two, three months of just fantastic basketball. Why would it change? you know, going forward, if he just keeps the same mentality, he just plays within the system, especially when Draymond Green gets back. Here's a bold prediction for you. I do think the Warriors still could very well finish with the best record in the Western Conference. And a lot of it comes down to when Draymond Green comes back. But right now, I think there's seven games before the All-Star break for the Warriors. And then after that, Draymond potentially could come back. Let's say he it takes another three, four more games after that. Let's say he's back for the last 20 games of the season. If everyone else is healthy, I, I don't know about James Wiseman yet at that point, but this is a team that could rattle off a really, really good final stretch run. And uh, the Phoenix Suns are very good. Um, and I mean, Memphis could get weird and just keep on winning and winning and winning, but I don't know. The Warriors, they really like to do those final stretch runs. And we saw it even last season, right? When they just went on fire at the end of the year. So perhaps this is a team that can rattle off, you know, 15 and two record the last 17 games or something crazy where you're all of a sudden looking at, this is a team that just won 60 something games. And here we are. And we're talking playoffs time and they might be the one seed. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to say bold prediction the Golden State Warriors still finish with the first seed in the West. I just said it. Get it off my chest. I like it. How bold is it, guys? How bold am I talking? It's, uh, you know, it's the lukewarm on the spicy scale. <laughs> I'm going to give you like a 6.7. Mild to medium. Mild like to medium. That, you know. 7.4. Okay, I, pref- I prefer more sriracha, but go on. Okay, I mean, Ooh, listen, I didn't know what bold <laughs> we're talking like coffee bold, but apparently we're going spicy hot bold. I'm just going spicy. Okay, yeah. we're all spicy over here. Come by, on. By, by the <laughs> way, with it. I was looking back at some of my bold predictions before the season for the Golden State Warriors, and mm-hmm. one of them is not looking good. Like, like really not looking. Continue. good. Continue. And it's the one that everyone that that Josh and Kendra were like, oh yeah, it's not that bold. That's that's potentially, and that's the 50, 40, 90 percent Oh. Um, I was so convinced and it's like what's the opposite of 5049 <laughs> <Just laughs> my bad Steph if you were listening to this if you're listening to this now what did I do man like was it, yeah. it it's on me my bad my bad yeah that's not one that one's not looking good but hey when the Warriors finish seventh in the west at the end of this year you can look at my bull prediction right now and say you're an idiot again Hey guys, thank you so much for uh, joining. Let's do this more often. Let's talk Warriors. Let's talk Ben Simmons. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, really, really appreciate it. And everybody listening in, um, do not forget Planet Orange, a leader in eco-friendly and effective pest control. Yeah, let us be your partner for all your pest control needs, servicing residential, industrial, and commercial customers without harming the environment. Planet Orange, family-friendly, pet-friendly, and professional. I actually have one more prediction. Oh, I do want to ask from you guys. I was thinking about this. You mentioned Clay Thompson. What do you think he finishes the season regular season shooting? Uh, from not from overall from from three. Where do you think he finishes? Because right now he's struggling a little bit from three. Where do you think he finishes the season? We got thirty games left. Dalton, what do you think? Right now he's out. What like 
32, 33%, something like that at, from three point range, I think. I would only expect that to tick up. I don't think all of a sudden he's going to get to 40, 40 plus percent by the end of the season. Maybe if he really gets to on. I mean, this would be his first season, I believe, under 40% uh, shooting from three point range. I could be wrong there, but I yeah. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's going to get closer. Let's say at 37, 30, 37, 38 range would, would be great, especially where he's at right now. I, I expect some real, you know, streaky games from Clay Thompson. And those are going to include some red hot games for sure, because we've kind of seen a little bit of a different Clay Thompson as far as the playmaking goes, the driving to the basket, the, the shooting off the dribble. And that's been all encouraging. It's just been a little bit less of the catch and shoot, the kind of clay that we've seen in the past, obviously. And I can only expect that that's going to come around. Right. So I, I expect it to only go up and maybe just miss that 40% mark by, a few percentage marks there. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think I think Dalton's right. I think 37, 38. He's at 32.9 right now. The shot didn't leave him. He's just a little rusty. It's gonna it's gonna tick up. I don't expect it to get over 40, but I, I think 38 in the 38, 39 range is probably is probably what you're gonna see. Um, and you know, even if he finishes at 36, it's still nothing to be concerned about. He's going over 40, guys. Oh, oh yeah. All right. 40 so or that, higher. That you means know, he's shooting 28. Look at Steph's. Bold at Steph's. Listen, I love it. All Warriors fans are like, no. <laughs> Do you know why he's going to shoot over 40? Because that man looks at the basket, back of his basketball card, and he knows. He's a stack guy. He's looking at mm-hmm. that and goes, I am not going to let this happen. And I don't, if, if Clay Thompson puts his mind to something, I do not think he's going to not get it. It was like the season when he had to get to the 20 points per game average at the end of the year, he's like, I need to get this amount of points and I'm going to get it. And he did. So, Hey, Clay Thompson, you're shooting 40 or better. I know it. Yeah. Is he going to, is he going to check himself out of the final game once he gets to 40? Steve, it's going to be like Gronk to Tom, Tom, I need one more catch. Yeah. No, I need I, one more, one more if, shot. If I'm him, I just sit the last two games of the year. If I'm at 40, I don't even play anymore. Just, just get out, just be done. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I'm a really good competitor. Uh, <laughs> but also if you've been following along Clay Thompson's return, obviously you've been also drinking YAK at Hawaiian volcanic water. Cause that's what Clay Thompson drinks. And look what he's doing, and he's about to shoot over 40%. So, yeah, drink the water. Trust me, it's good. Uh, everyone, thank you. I really appreciate it. Make sure to download and follow Dub's Talk. And uh, from Dalton, Josh, and myself, we thank you all for listening. And have a wonderful morning, afternoon, night, or wherever you are in the world. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.